Welcome to Screen Facts with Jason Davis. Listen to the podcast every Wednesday for a discussion and trivia about a different film. Here's your host, Jason Davis. And joining me on today's show is my friend Gabe, who actually hasn't been here for a couple of months. How the hell did that happen, dude? I don't know. I've been busy. I've been very busy. Yeah, that's it. There busy. We're, we're all busy. And right? I was saving it up for this one. Okay. Yeah. This is one that uh, you called dibs on a while back. Yes. Yes. So uh, well, I tried to call dibs on Star Wars, but I got shut out. But this is my <laughs> favorite Star Wars movie of all time, so it totally worked out. We're going to talk about The Empire Strikes Back today. Yes. As we get ready for The Force Awakens coming in just a couple of weeks. I cannot wait. I know. I'm very excited, too. I'm actually excited for this st- new Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, I am, too. I mean, but I was excited for the last ones, too, and then well, what happened. No, see, that's the difference. I'm genuinely excited this time because the last ones were a disappointment. But I think because of all the people who are involved with this new movie, uh, I think it's going to be a lot better. Plus, it has characters from the original trilogy. So, Okay, you win. There you go. I I agree now. (laughs) So, uh, of course, The Empire Strikes Back, the second Star Wars movie starring Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, released June 20th, 1980, directed by Irvin Kirshner, the story written by George Lucas, the screenplay, however, written by Lee Brackett and Lawrence Kasdan, who actually wrote the screenplay for the new movie as well. Production dates February 23rd, 1978 to May 16th, 1980. They filmed from March 5th, 1979 to September 24th, 1979. Principal photography lasted over 180 days, the longest shoot of any of the Star Wars movies. $18 million budget, and they actually went over budget by more than $10 million because of some difficulties during production, which is probably uh, par for the course for these movies. Yes, I'm sure. This is the only Star Wars film not to gross $300 million domestically, not adjusting for inflation. It grossed $290.4 million, but it did a worldwide gross of $538.3 million. Because when that movie came out, I remember I, I came out a day after my 14th birthday, and okay. I just remember... It's my f- favorite of all the Star Wars movies, but not at the time. That makes sense. At the time, I was pissed. At the time, I wasn't going to see that shit again because it was like, <laughs> what the fuck? What do you mean? It just ended. It just ended. You were like sitting there and it's hands in carbonite. Luke is getting a new hand. Lando's wearing Han's clothes for some reason, and he's like, we're going to look for Han, and I'm like, wow, there's going to be another hour of this movie. What the fuck just happened? And it was over. And, it was and a- you had no idea what was going on, and that's why that's why it didn't go over, because nobody was going back. That at the time, you're not going back to see that again. Now you're like, that's the best of the bunch. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about the way the movie ended with Han Solo being in the Carbonite and all that, he wasn't sure if he wanted to return for a third movie, Harrison yeah. Ford. So He wanted him to kill him off, at least in the third. Yeah. Spoiler, around December 18th or 19th, I will be crying my eyes out because <laughs> you know he's not making it through the movie. Oh, you think? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, There's no, no need to kill him off. No way. No he, you way. think he wants to be killed off? I, yeah, I think he's done. I think he... Yeah. Well, he could be done without being killed. No, no way. No oh, way. Man, no. Either him or Chewie or both. No, yeah. no. Yeah. Well, they, you know, if it, if it makes you feel better, there is a Han Solo separate movie that's in the works too, like kind of like Young Han Solo that that they're looking for. I think 2018 release, maybe. That's going to depend on who they cast. Who they cast. Who Who do you think could play a Young Han Solo? I hate to say it because these guys and everything. Maybe Chris Pine. Maybe. Yeah. 
but you know, he's, what about or, Chris he's Pratt? already Captain Kirk. So yeah, but again, again, Chris Pratt is like they he's another guy. They were like you know, one or two movies like put him in everything. Put <laughs> him in this. Guy. Oh yes. Guy. You know, so yeah, they've already talked about him for, you know, Indiana Jones. I'm like, you know, let's just make remake every Harrison Ford movie with Chris Pine in it. Let's just do that. <laughs> or Chris Pratt, yeah. Or Chris what Pratt. What about what about Ryan Reynolds? I like Ryan. I He's got that snarky thing down. Uh, yeah, that's well. the thing, though. That's the thing is, is I like Ryan, but Ryan's a little bit too jokey for me. That was my problem with Green Lantern was he was a little too jokey for well, me. Well, that, that's all in the script, too. Yeah, but I think he'll make a great Deadpool. Um, I don't know about Han Solo. Okay, well, we'll see how it goes. This movie, Empire Strikes Back, won the Oscar for Best Sound and was also nominated for Best Art Direction, Set Decoration, and for the John Williams score again. I was going to say before about Han Solo. So, you know, the famous line where when Le- Leia says, I love you, and then he says, I know. Mm-hmm. Well, originally in the script, he was supposed to say, just remember that, Leia, because I'll be back. But at the time of filming, he wasn't sure if he wanted to come back for the third movie, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. So he and the director kind of had a conversation, and it, they decided to change the line. A lot of people thought that he ad-libbed that line, the I know, but he did not. I so. thought that for years. And the thing about that is, is you see interviews with women about that particular line i've seen i saw like watched a documentary about it and women are just oh it was so hot have you ever said that a woman ever said to you i love you and you said i know you'd get knocked out yeah she said she said you know what but stay okay in the for, fucking yeah, carbonate yeah, forever it's okay for han solo <laughs> but not for me I would, get in trouble. <laughs> I would get in big trouble for that one. i guess you have to pilot the millennium falcon to get away with that kind of shit yeah i guess so it's a good <laughs> idea so um the shots were Luke uses his Jedi powers to retrieve his lightsaber from the distance. They did that by uh, just running the film in reverse, which I think is kind of cool. High-tech stuff. Yeah, I guess, listen, back then, 1980, you know, 79 when they were shooting, they didn't have all the computer technology that they have now, so they had to be creative with how they did shit. And I love that. You know, like the puppetry with uh, with Yoda. I mean, that's a lost art form. I try to get my girlfriend's kids to watch Star Wars and they're just it's looks so fake it's just so really fa- yeah they oh, it's dated to that man it's oh, well to them I, yeah I totally think it holds up pretty well no, I to me it's still amazing yeah. but to the to them it's like nah it, they don't want to have anything to do with it yeah it's well sad I live a, a sad lonely Star Wars existence uh, in my house <laughs> oh no no one but me likes Star Wars well the cool thing about this house is that everybody's kind of into it. And, you know, Sue and Tommy are, are big fans. And it's kind of cool because Tommy loves the original trilogy mm. more than the ones that sort of he grew up with. Well, he should. Yeah, well, absolutely. But <laughs> but he also feels that the, the special effects from this trilogy hold up pretty well. I You know what? I just remember them just at the time being so completely blown away by oh, them. And, yeah. and I still don't even bother with the the special editions. I still watch the original releases on DVD. I, I, yeah. You know, and it's just, at this point, you know, it's just, it's all old at this point. You see it in every movie. But at the time, there was nothing like it. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, these movies changed filmmaking forever. I mean, they, there were science fiction movies, but they were definitely not done on the level that these movies were. No, science fiction had been had been dead for years before Star Wars came out. And then everybody was putting out terrible, terrible science fiction movies. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how, how everything happens. You know, something's successful, and then they just try to clone it. Do you remember the Ice Pirates? Oh, God. That one, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember it. I don't remember the movie. Robert Yorick? Yeah, I mean, I remember... And the Space Herbie? Yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing about it, but I don't oh, think I ever God. saw it. Oh, my God. Yeah, but... Um, so, so you mentioned that you watched the original versions of these movies. So you're not a big fan of the enhancements? 
I hand shot first. Well, yeah. Actually, hand didn't shoot first. Hand was the only one who shot. Right. Thank you. We had a conversation about this in the last podcast for, for the first Star Wars about how, like, you know, in the special editions, he put, like, all these creatures in and all kinds of stuff. Totally unnecessary. No. And I, and they I said... They seem like they're pasted in. They look fake. They yeah. You know, the, the fake ones, the old fake ones look better than the new <laughs> fake ones. See, I, I thought, like, you know, having the Death Star explosion be a little bit more massive is not a bad enhancement. That's kind of cool. But, again, I don't think it's necessary. No. Because these films were a moment in time, like I said before. And, and it's okay for whatever the limitations were when they were making these movies to stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, it's kind of like your favorite classic bands. When they first recorded records, they didn't have the same technology that they have now, so the quality of the sound is maybe not as good. But that's okay, because it's, it captures a raw energy, and I think the same goes for these movies. That's why part of what I, you know, we were talking about before with the new movie coming out, that's part of what gets me excited about the new movie is because they're, they're trying to go more towards the style of that original trilogy and not so much with the everything in front of a green screen that right. the, the, the prequels were. It was just basically what everything was green screen. It yeah. was just ridiculous. And I think that that's what's missing from episodes one, two, and three because there's so much of an emphasis on the special effects. Mm-hmm. It's missing the heart that these films have. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, there's some really terrible acting, too. Yeah, there's that, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some epic stuff. I mean, I mean... Say what you will about Phantom Menace, but the the opening, some of that stuff is amazing to see, you know, and, and to actually see what real fully trained Jedi's look like, and right. that's pretty amazing okay. stuff too. But all those movies have moments, no doubt. No about doubt, it. but they're not, especially you know. the lightsaber battles. And Yoda in those movies is very cool because you see a younger Yoda mm. kicking some ass, and yeah. that's very cool. But you know, I think just there was too much of an emphasis on visual effects, not enough emphasis on story and characters mm-hmm. in those movies. Yes, and, and that's that, why that that's what I like about this. Probably the most about this one is is, is more of a character driven film. So Carrie Fisher uh, is about a foot shorter than Harrison Ford, so they had to put her on a box for a lot of her scenes with him, so they were in the same frame together. <laughs> that's funny, teeny yeah. tiny. Yeah, you don't even realize, I guess, because of the job well done when they were making it. So the the Hoth sequence was shot on location in Norway, and that snowstorm is real. That's so funny. That's one of my, it's just run through the snow. <laughs> Mark, just run through the snow. The <laughs> weather shooting it from inside the hotel. Right. That's just a brilliant use of the situation. Yeah, that's and, it's great. And only Mark had to get cold. Yeah. Han Solo, by the way, is the only non-Jedi or Sith in the entire original trilogy to ever wield a lightsaber, which he uses to, to cut open the Tauntaun's belly, which I thought uh, was kind of an interesting fact that you don't think about. I hadn't never thought about that one. Yeah. I, was, I just like the line. You'll freeze before you get past the first checkpoint, and <laughs> I'll see you in hell. He's just such a badass. He is. He's as cool as it gets. That's all there is to it. There's no better than Han Solo. You know, the funny thing about Harrison Ford, Han Solo is is... Like you said, the coolest guy, you know, in any galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford is a very weird dude in interviews. You ever see him in interviews? Oh, yeah. He seems like he's drunk all the time. <laughs> he does. He just seems like he's drunk all the time. Yeah, he just seems like he wants to be anywhere else but doing that interview. Yes, exactly. He just seems like he's just somewhere else so, without a doubt. So we were talking about Yoda before. George Lucas was so impressed by Frank Oz's performance as Yoda that he spent thousands of dollars on an advertising campaign trying to get an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor for Frank Oz. It didn't work because the Academy said, well, he's a puppeteer, he's not an actor. And that was that. 
Frank Oz really didn't care one way or the other. I don't know. I, I think that you got to give Frank Oz a little bit of credit for, for bringing Yoda to life. Oh, you know, a, a brilliant performance. When you watched it, you didn't even consider the fact that it was a freaking Muppet. You yeah. Had, you had no idea that it was a Muppet. I mean, and they even talk about it. Irvin Kershner kept talking to Yoda when he was giving him directions. He was talking directly to Yoda. <laughs> to the Muppet. And he's like, That's no. Um, oh, the guy over here with his hand up his ass. <laughs> you, you're going to want to talk to me. <laughs> It's just so weird. It is weird. It's probably very weird. I mean, every time you see people acting with Muppets in any of these movies, Mm -hmm. you have to wonder what it's like for them. I imagine that's weird. I would think I'd have an easier time talking to a Yoda puppet than a green screen Yoda. Yeah, or like a tennis ball that's supposed to be in your island. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. But Sue and I talked about when when we did the podcast for E.T. as well. Everybody involved in that movie, the kids right up to the adults, they were really invested. They really believed Mm -hmm. that puppet was E.T. Yeah. Like it was the real deal. So another thing that um, a lot of people, you know, there's rumors for years that Mark Hamill, they had to create a storyline to explain scars on Mark Hamill's face. Mm -hmm. Did you know about this? I knew the story about him being in a car accident in between movies, and I, I he had I supposedly had to have reconstructive surgery, and he doesn't look exactly the same. But no, I'd never heard the the story about the scars. No. Yeah. Well, it turns out that he actually had an accident before Star Wars. Oh, really? Yeah. And the scars have nothing to do with anything you know related to the movies. That's so weird. Yeah. I mean, All you know these. Freaking myths are just getting smashed to pieces tonight. And that's the great thing about the Screen Facts podcast. There you you, you learn stuff. You yeah. learn that the Wampa attack was not written to explain scars on Mark Hamill's face. No. It was just part of the movie. There you go. The carbon freezing chamber is the only time in the original trilogy that Darth Vader and C-3PO are seen on screen together. I never noticed that. And it's weird because, you know, the connection there that, you know, he's the one who built them and all. Oh, that's um, a good point, too. Yeah. There's an interesting, actually, in the, the Star Wars comic books, there's a interesting little scene where it takes place around the time of the whole Cloud City storyline and C-3PO's in pieces and he just kind of picks up the head and he's looking at the head and just kind of remembering them and... It's a pretty cool little scene in the comic book. It's funny, when we were watching Star Wars, I was saying that when uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 first come into uh, Skywalker's life, Yeah, I said, oh, it's so cool that Luke's dad built him. Yeah. You know, and, and, and now here they are. Luke uses the Force three times while being upside down in the movie as well. So he can only use it if he's upside down. No, that's not that's not what I mean. It's just that it's, it's interesting that he uses it three times while being upside down in Does the movie. Does he use it any other times while right side up? Uh, probably. Oh, okay. I, I guess. Oh, yeah. When he tries to move the, uh, when he tries to get the X-wing out of the the swamp. Technically, he's using the force all the time, though, isn't he? Even when, like when he's you know battling with a lightsaber or whatever. That's a good point. Irvin Kershner uh, decided that he wanted members of the Rebel Alliance to speak with American accents, and he wanted the Imperial officers to have British accents to make the story comparable to the American Revolution. However, since most of these supporting actors that appeared as rebel personnel on Hoth were British actors, he had to redub several of the scenes with American voices in post-production. See, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Guys with British accents make much better villains than guys with American accents. Yes. They just sound meaner. Yeah, they weren't sure if Alec Guinness was going to return as Obi-Wan because he had had an eye operation right around the time that they were filming. And he only worked one day on the film. That day, by the way, if you're keeping score, Wednesday, September 5th, 1979, from 8.30 a.m. to 1 p.m., he was paid a quarter of a percentage point of the film's gross 
which uh, I don't know exactly how many dollars, but millions. What'd you say, million? As, as I have a day. Yeah. How do I get that fucking job? I know. That's a good job. And, you know, and he still, like, hated the fact that he played Obi-Wan. Even though he was a professional on the set, he always kind of, oh, I hate this dialogue. I don't like when people come up to me and say, oh, I loved you as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And He was, a, you know. He was a distinguished a, actor. A and, Shakespearean actor. Right. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're really good as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, that's not much for you. But, <laughs> hey, man, you know, I, there's a lot of things I do for a million dollars. And, and being Obi-Wan's not so bad. They used a fake name for the production for a couple of reasons, because they, they were trying to keep things secret, but they also knew that if they didn't use a fake name, then all the different vendors would charge you know more for their services. The working title was Blue Harvest, which explains the family guy. <laughs> which I never knew. I always wondered why they called called it Blue Harvest. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I had no, did you ever watch that? That thing, is, I, that thing is so funny. That's how I found it about, about Lando wearing hands closed, because <laughs> they do a bit at the end of it. Where I think the dog plays Lando. He's like, yeah. He goes, why am I wearing hands closed? He goes, why? He goes, actually looks at the camera. And goes, seriously, watch the movie and you'll see he's wearing hands closed. And you watch the end of the movie and he's sitting there. He's wearing a white shirt and a black vest, and I'm and he's wearing hands closed. All of a sudden, the cape is gone, or the blue outfit is gone, and he's wearing hands closed. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's all about. I don't know. There were lots of theories. I heard the one fan theory I heard was they weren't hands closed, that the Millennium Falcon used to belong to Lando. Right. And those were closed that belonged to him that were still on board the ship. Okay. I think that's a reach. Yeah. I don't know. It seems a little convoluted well, to me. Plus the fact that they, they fit perfectly yeah. is kind of weird. So, of course, the iconic uh, scene in the movie is when Darth Vader reveals to Luke that he's his father. Only Irvin Kirshner, Mark Hamill, Lawrence Kasdan, James Earl Jones, and George Lucas knew about that line, no, I am your father, before the release of the film. They had different scripts that everybody else had, because, they, again, they didn't want that to get out. David Prowse was actually kind of annoyed. He, he said you know, that he would have physically played the scene differently if he knew that he was revealing that he was Luke's father. I'm not really sure what he would have done differently. He would have shook his fist just a little bit more. Um, <laughs> David Prowse is just upset about everything. Um, I mean, you know, he's just he's upset. He's kind of grumpy. But, you know, I, 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 my favorite story, at least that I've heard, was he didn't know that he was going to be completely dubbed right. by James Earl Jones. He had no idea so right. was, and did not know until he saw the original Star Wars movie. So apparently the story I heard was after that, um, whenever the, they sent them the scripts, he basically just said, fuck it, and didn't bother learning any more lines for the movie. Why he, would he? Because he not, so basically, when they were talking to him, he was speaking gibberish back to them. <laughs> that the story was, in a lot of scenes, he would just talk gibberish inside the helmet because he knew he wasn't going to be... <laughs> Yeah, why he learn heard the, at all? Why learn the lines? Yeah. Right? So, and he and he's actually been, from what I've heard, banned from any official Star Wars events. Like, really? Yes. Yes. He's he's done so much bashing of George Lucas over the years that he is not invited to anything Star Wars related. Like, they'll basically every living Star Wars person will probably be at the premiere, except for him, probably. That's a shame. Yeah. You know, he's just his. He has bashed George Lucas so much over the years that George has said, you know what, fuck you, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with I'm you. I'm done with you. Well, Vader's dead, so we don't have to worry about David Prowse anymore, but do you know if they're using any of the expanded universe stuff in this new movie? They wiped all that stuff out. None of that stuff exists anymore. 
Oh. When Disney took over, oh. they came in and said that whole expanded universe. All, by the way, yeah, in case you hadn't heard it, fanboys and girls, all those books, those novels that you've been reading for the last 20 years don't mean shit no more. Oh, no. They're so none of that's going to be used no, for the movies. No. The only thing that ah. exists, only thing that exists in continuity now are the six movies, the Attack of the Clones uh, animated show, okay. Star Wars Rebels, and whatever books are coming out now in the comic books. Oh, okay. And all the, so they, like they started yeah, fresh. They wiped everything out, including the Christmas special. The Christmas <laughs> special, it's like it never even existed. Even though it's the first place we saw Boba Fett. And how did we not even mention Boba Fett yet? I'm sorry. Boba Fett. Boba Fett's a badass, doesn't say nothing, but he was still the baddest ass in the whole movie. I like how they don't call him Boba Fett. They just refer to him as, as the, the bounty, bounty hunter. hunter. But but they had named him Boba Fett before because they did the TV commercials. Before you ever saw him on the TV show or in the movie, there was the toy and they were Pimping that toy, man. Boba Fett. <laughs> of course. Boba Fett. And everybody wanted Boba Fett. And you wanted to see Boba Fett. And then you saw the movie, and all the guy did was stand there. But he was still a badass. That's right. He just stood around. He pushed a little cart with, with, with hand on it. But you were like, this guy's a badass. I like this guy. <laughs> all right, dude. You were telling me that you read something online about Luke being a Sith Lord in this new movie. Listen, there's a lot of bullshit online, so maybe... Yeah, I know, but that one kind of made sense to me. I was looking, I was like, wow. You know, I want to be surprised with yeah, this movie, but you know? Did, but but if you think about it, 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 Return of the Jedi, he beat Vader, but he used his anger to do it. But so wait, the, how did he beat Vader, though? Vader, in Return of the Jedi? Yeah, but he didn't really... I mean, Vader like turns on the Emperor. How is, that, how is Luke beating him? He beat, he beat him down... And he was oh, on when the he's ground. When, when he's like, and hitting he's him with like, the, now yeah. finish it, and now finish it, and be. And he goes, and, and, but he says no, and he turns off the lightsaber, doesn't he? Yeah, but it's already too late because he had already used his anger to beat Vader. And Vader's yeah, he's a broken down so, guy. So you know, he point. didn't use the he didn't use the the light side of the force to beat Vader. Oh, that's he a good point. used the dark side of the force to beat. Hey, Vader. wait a minute! I never thought about that. Yeah. He's but not then, in some but kind then, of cool, calm Jedi state. He's angry and whacking away at yeah, him. Yeah, but in then, that scene. but th so, oh, so it's too late when he when he calms down what? and he turns off the lightsaber and he and he you know carries uh, his dead father uh, out of the. According to the theory I read, at the second when he says, when the Emperor says, "Use your anger and strike me down," mm -hmm. the second he takes and tries to hit the Emperor. But Vader blocks him. That's the second he crosses over to the wow. dark side. Wow! See, I'm thinking, oh, everything's good in uh, Jediville because he, because you know, he burns the suit and the whole thing, and he's you know celebrating with the Ewoks and his yep. sister. And like I'm saying, it's, it's a totally a theory I read online. Okay, but that's the way theory writes, and it makes sense. Who wrote the theory? Uh, they. Oh, okay. They, so it's probably like a fanboy that's yeah, like, you know, they say, but you know, has nothing better to do but come up with absolutely. This. And, All right, so we're going to call one this actually makes sense. We're going to call it a potential spoiler. Well, yeah. I'm <laughs> well, I'll find out when the movie comes out. You know, it's funny because I'm really trying to avoid hearing about plot points of this new movie. I really don't want to. I want to be surprised, like it's like the old days. But let's face it: if you don't see the movie when it right when it comes out, you know, you're going to have to stay off social media forever and ever. You know. Yeah. Until you see it, and that's not going to happen. So, because you know there's going to be some douche. Yeah, yeah, no, there's oh, going to be a douche. There's, there's going to be many douches. Yeah, but there's always that one douche who has to be first. Right. So I think the next one we're going to do is Animal House. We talked about that. Although now that I was talking about Ice Pirates, I might want to do Ice Pirates. That's not going to happen. Come on, man. First of all, I'd have to find a copy of Ice Pirates. Good luck with that. 
Well, it's not. It's not on uh, Hulu or I don't uh, care. Netflix or something. I have no interest in talking about Ice Pirates. <laughs> Sorry. Come on, man. It's Robert Urich. Uh, Dan Tana. <laughs> Dan Tana in space <laughs> with the chick from Dallas. Yikes! I remember way too much of that movie. Way yeah. too much of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come in and, you know, again, not around the corner for you to come here. So I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to doing the next one with you. Me too. Cool. Well, if you want to join the conversation, email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Tweet me at Jason Davis voice. Uh, you can also like the new Facebook page. Leave your comments or questions at facebook.com slash screenfacts. Gabe, where are you on social media if people want to reach out? Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at it's me, Gabe. I think I'm on Facebook at It's Me Gabe too. Any, I, anything I you want to plug? I use that shit everywhere. <laughs> um, oops, sorry, I burped. I burped on the podcast. Uh, yeah, Long Beach Comic Expo, February 20th and 21st in Long Beach, California. All right. There you go. Cool. Yay. Please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode as much as we did, please let people know about it. Help us spread the word about the podcast. And thanks again to our announcer, Kim, from kimsvoice.com. Again, it's kymsvoice.com. Thanks to you for listening. Check this out. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to purchase a t-shirt and support the show or get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.